guys, you're listening to Bento Podcast. We're a podcast series for and by millennials that talks about topics and issues surrounding our generation. And we're bringing you stories of millennials from all over the world and their journey. I'm your host, Ben, and let's get this episode started. Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Bento Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 3, Being a Man. In this episode, we're going to dive deep into what we know in the world right now as toxic masculinity. Now, before we begin, I'd just like to thank each and every one of my listeners out there because you guys have been absolutely amazing. I've been getting questions from in- at Instagram. I've been getting questions from the Bento Podcast email. Uh, and by the way, if you do it's uh, want to send something like a question or a statement or anything, you can do that. Our email is bentopodcast2020 at gmail.com and our Instagram is bentopodcast.id. So thank you very much, guys. Like there are 50 questions from people from all over the world. Of course, I can't kind of like take them all because if I do, then it'll be longer than the whole episode on its own. But nonetheless, I'm going to take the questions that are most common and I'm just going to discuss it, and I really, really hope that this is going to be a good episode because you guys seem very enthusiastic about it, and I'm hell-bent on making this one of the best episodes yet. So, let us begin. Now, being a man, this is a very simple statement, a very easy-to-understand statement, but it has a very deep meaning to it. You know, it, it, it kind of reflects, like, what kind of values or what kind of qualities does it mean for a man to be a man, or maybe what is expected to be a man. So it can be interpreted in a lot of ways, just like my previous episode's title. But to start, I just want to say that I didn't realize that this particular topic is very interesting to a lot of people, and I'm pretty surprised that this is something that you guys are interested in, and that's very good, which means that, you know, we are aware of things that are happening around us, and it's just that we need someone to kind of like provide the platform for us to kind of discuss and kind of think about these issues. And well, Bento Podcast is glad to be that platform. So in this episode, we're going to discuss about toxic masculinity, what it is, why is it even a thing, the reasoning behind it psychologically, how does it affect people, and of course, what all you've been waiting for, the Q&A section, because I think that's going to be really, really fun this episode. All right. So let's just start. What is toxic masculinity? Surprisingly, a lot of my listeners have been asking me questions either through email or through Instagram direct messages. They ask like, what's toxic masculinity? So apparently this is a concept that may still be rather unfamiliar with some people. And that's okay because, you know, I don't think that this is something that a lot of people are talking about. And so it's understandable if you don't really know about it or you're not very familiar with it. So, to simply put it, it is a concept used to define unhealthy and often traditional characteristics or attributes that are associated with men. So, it takes into precedent things like from being unemotional and power-hungry to narcissistic and violent, and, you know, men are oftentimes defined by these quote-unquote, outdated and unfounded stereotypes, which in return creates a very unhealthy and a very unrealistic understanding of what it means to be a man, especially in today's society, in the modern world. 
So, you know, this is basically the assumption that men should always be the protector. Men should always be the breadwinner. They should always be the leader. And the more angry you are, the manlier you are. Or the more selfish or the more aggressive you are. That's, you know, that's more of a man than anyone could ever think of. And that's always the, the classic connotation when it, goes, when it comes to men, you know. And it involves, you know, associating men with, like, being problematic and, and damaging and just violent straight up. So those views, in my opinion, you know, are based on unproven biases, you know, that both of us, you know, both as individual and as a society, you know, it kind of perpetuate boys and men, especially, you know, to, to teach them to kind of falsely believe it and to try to measure up to it. And at the end of the day, it ultimately harmed, you know, harming themselves and, and others in the process because you're, you're trying to like reach a certain level, you know, this certain kind of concept of what it means to be a man. You know, and you kind of forget that, or maybe you're not really that kind of guy and kind of like push yourself to be that guy that everyone wants to be. And then in the process, you, you ended up either hurting yourself or even worse, hurting others, you know, either to, you know, force yourself to being violent in, in your response, or you don't want to look weak. You know, you don't want to uh, see like, you know, you don't want to be seen like a, like a, like a pussy, basically. You know, that's what that's what the world would, would say. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be seen as a pussy. So you have to respond in a non-pussy manner. That's the best way to put it up. So that's basically the concept of toxic masculinity. You know, it's basically the traditional characters, the traditional values of what society knows from a man being, you know, uh, this macho, burly, aggressive, and like just straight up aggressive individual who would just, you know, plow everything in front of him and destroy anything that's, you know, blocking his way. Like, that's a man, you know? So that's what toxic masculinity is. And why is it toxic? It's because it's putting a certain level of expectation and a certain level of measure that society would gauge which in order to kind of determine whether you're manly enough or not so why was this even a thing in the first place like how did this come about you know what are the reasons you know that men are portrayed as this is vile aggressive beings like why, why was that even a thing in the first place well historically historically that plays a huge role if you look at history basically Every single thing that was recorded was done by a man. You know, historical inventions, wars, um, political uprisings or revolutions or basically world-changing events or, you know, critical events in the world. Every one of those are headlined by men. And in history, especially if you go to, like, history that predates, you know, photography, men are always pictured as you know demigods almost in their portrayal you know physical portrayal and then their attitudes and why the reason why is because back then especially if we're talking something like 
you know, the, the eras of um, pharaohs or if we're going back to the Middle Ages and the medieval era. The reason why men are always considered or portrayed in that particular way is because that concept already exists. Like the whole concept of masculinity already exists there. And since people back then would love to like accentuate or even like, you know, just blow things up beyond proportion, they always portray someone like a guy who does something in a positive way or maybe guy who, who did, you know, a very positive contribution to his society is going to be portrayed in a way that is considered honorable. And the something that's considered honorable back then is you got a big ass muscle, you got a sword in your hand, or you basically have to slay someone and, you know, you're getting painted for it. So that has always been the history of men from time to time. And therefore, you know, it's kind of understandable why we have these values today, because it's always been like that. You know, since the days of the old kings, the old wars, you know, when we're talking of the Roman Empire, we're talking about, you know, Second World War, the First World War, men's portrayal have always stayed the same. And it, the, the best thing about this is that it's always been very consistent. Unlike a lot of things in, you know, his, in history, the concept of masculinity has always been very, very, very consistent. You've never seen the concept of being a man changing over time. Like, oh, men should be thin and, and like small. No. Ever since the first recorded history in mankind, men has always been portrayed as a, as a being that is, I would say, second only to God in that particular sense. Like, if, if you look at the Greek gods or the mythologies, I would say at least 90% of them are men. And they're always portrayed in like big muscles that could basically rip anyone's head with just, you know, a single flick. So history is a big factor why this is a thing in the first place. Second is culture. Now, how does that differ from history? Well, this is the best way that I can like explain. Culture is basically the values that you share, right? That's the basic uh, meaning of what culture is. It's basically values that people from a certain group, you know, that they share, common values. And I bet growing up, especially for the guys, this is one thing that I bet you've heard 100%. Guys don't cry. Guys don't seek help. Guys cannot seem weak. Guys should try to stand up for themselves. Guys should never cower behind a girl, for example. That has always been something that has been taught from generations to generations. And the thing with culture is that sometimes we don't question them. We just follow them because it's culture. You know, it's, it's one of those things. We, we don't really question culture and how it fits with the modern world, with the modern context. We don't really do that. What we do is that we have a culture and we identify with it. And so, yeah, you know what, let's just follow it, you know? And the reason why toxic masculinity is still prevalent even today is in part due to culture, especially Asian culture, where, you know, Asian culture is a more masculine sort of a culture because, you know, the reliance of the Asian culture on the figure of a man 
is I would say would overweigh anything that the West would put on, you know, the gentleman over of that side of the lake. But over in this side, you know, men are very critical presence, you know, either in the environment, in society, or even in the family itself. So, you know, with culture, we don't really question them. We don't really ask why, because I don't think there's even an explanation why culture is a culture. You know, people have just been blindly following it for the past thousands of years. Nobody's bothered to, like, write down the reasons why things happen. So, with that in mind, a lot of these things happen naturally, and we don't tend to question them, because we never really did. You know, and that's one of the things why toxic masculinity is even a thing in the first place is because of culture. And the third is peer pressure. That's a big one, in my opinion, because here's the thing. You might not believe that to be a man, you have to be tough. You have to, you know, not allowed to cry. You know, you, you can't seek help. You can't cower behind a girl or you, you can't like, uh, you have to like fight and stand up for yourself if you're, you're you know, if you're being harassed in a sense. And no matter how much you believe that you're against it, your environment would tell you different. Like, okay, you might think that that's not, you know, the best way to be a man and there might be better ways. But if, let's say, you're the only guy in, like, a class of 30 people who thinks that way, then you might start to think that, oh, okay, um, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe there's something that's not right with how I think. And you start to doubt yourself. You know, you start to check yourself whether or not you're right. You start to argue with yourself whether what you're thinking, what you're arguing is even making sense because nobody's following it except you. And slowly, when you when you start to try and be different, people are going to look at you. I'm pretty sure. People are going to look at you and try to question you like, hey, like, like, for example, you cry. If let's say if you're in middle school, you know, like, you know, I would say like, uh, sixth grade or seventh grade or something like that or the eighth grade and suddenly you cry like especially in asia <laughs> like people are gonna ask like dude like what the hell is wrong with you like why are you crying you know so when you're different people are gonna question that because that's just how people are that's that's just human nature they question things that are different than what they believe in and most of the time when they realize that you're the only one that thinks that way, you're going to be thought as wrong because nobody's sharing the same thought as you are, or at least to their knowledge, you're the only one that they know that has that certain kind of thought. And so peer pressure is a big um, factor in all of this because when you try to be different, when you try to set yourself out to be a guy who wants to redefine what it means to be a man, you have tens of tens and tens of people around you already looking at you doubting you and be like what's wrong with you like why why are you thinking like that dude guy has always a guy has always been like this for like thousands of years why are you suddenly thinking you have to change all that who are you to change all that you know so people start to doubt themselves and they start to cower to this peer pressure and suddenly you know what most of the time we would feel like oh you know what Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, let's just go like this because I don't want to embarrass myself in front of my friends. I don't want to embarrass my family in front of my friends. Let's just get on with it. I'll just do whatever they think a man should do. And so that's just how it is, you know. And those, in my opinion, are the three reasons why, you know, toxic masculinity is still a thing 
today and why it's even a thing in the first place is because of history, culture, and peer pressure. Now, going to the uh, psychological reasoning behind toxic masculinity, according to me. Now, just to, just to, you know, this disclaimer beforehand, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not like a medical student or anything of those things. I'm just a normal guy who happens to research a lot of these things and are interested in, in trying to understand, you know, the human mind, basically. So this is my version of what I think, you know, is the psychological reasoning behind toxic masculinity. So I've been attending a psych uh, psycho psychology course, and this has really kind of spoke to me in that particular sense. And, you know, Professor Tong Dan Dan, if you're listening to this, thank you very much. This is her course, and this is what I'm taking right now. Um, so the psychological reasoning behind toxic masculinity, in my opinion at least, if you go to uh, the first part, in my opinion, it would be the social self and the personal self. So what what is that? So an individual would usually have two selves, which is the social self and the personal self. To put it in a simple word, it's basically the self that you're showing to people, you know, your the version of you that you show to people, which is the social self, and the personal self is the version that you only show it to yourself. Sometimes not even your family because it's personal. Personal in this particular sense would mean someone that you're comfortable showing yourself around. So you, like showing your true self. And that might not necessarily include your parents, unfortunately for some people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just how it is. So the reasoning behind toxic masculinity psychologically, according to me, when you're trying to establish a social self, there's this level of checks that you have to do that is deep inside your conscience. So when you're trying to establish your social self, you would try to look at your environment. That's the first thing that you would do. And you would check whether this particular self that you're trying to project out to the public, is it something that is acceptable? Is it something that is compatible with the environment around you? If not, you will go back to the first stage and you'll try to create another self that you think will fit with the environment. And the reason is because here, um, this, with social self, you know, you want to make sure that whatever you're projecting out fits with the world that you, or with the society that you're a part of, because wanting to be a part of something and wanting to be accepted is a part of human nature. It's just something that we just can't throw away. You know, it's just one of those things that we just have to do. Like we can't choose not to because nobody in their right mind would be like, oh, I want to be different so people won't accept me. Like, you know, that's just not how it works. And so to, in order to establish this social self, you would adopt values that are basically aligned with society's expectations. And the reason why toxic masculinity becomes the choice is because that's the only option out there that is popular enough with people. You know, that's something that you can adopt that is easily acceptable with people out there. And you, whatever you do, this becomes a very strong point of justification for anything that you're trying to, to do or establish. So, for example, if you get into a fight and, um, you know, you're trying to project this self of being a man, for example, this social self of being a man. And let's say you got into a conflict, right? And 
the environment kind of pushes you to kind of like just punch the crap out of this guy, you know? And society is going to forgive you to a certain extent because you're a man. And that's kind of what society expects you to do. If, you know, take this in a very simple way. You go to Instagram, you go to like Line, you go to Twitter, you go to Instagram, you know, all these kinds of social medias like Facebook and whatnot. Whenever some guy tries to act violent and so when some guys try to do something in order maybe to protect himself or something, there's always this level of justification that people go with that they were like, oh, that's how a man should be. I'm pretty sure there's always that one comment you always see in social media posts everywhere, you know, and that's kind of a proof that society kind of expects and accepts that self that you're projecting out. And that's kind of the reason, the psychological reasoning behind why uh, a lot of men adopted this social self, the social identity uh, of a masculine, macho kind of a man, because that's what society accepts. And we adopt what people accept because it's easier and it tends to be more favorable as well. The funny thing is that your social self and your personal self might be different. There is a possibility that your social self is different from your personal self. And for the guys out there that are listening to this, I'm pretty sure you can agree with me when I say that whoever you try to project to other people out there, you might not be that exact person in the inside, or at least when you're alone. Am I right, guys? Am I right or what? Right? I mean, there's always that one moment where you're trying to like do something, but you have to do it as, for example, um, you know, for me, like I have to do it as the Ben that everyone knows, the Ben that everyone expects to be. I can't be the Ben that I am because that might not be acceptable to people, you know? So the social and the personal self has this sort of disparity, this this sort of level, uh, level of difference that people won't really know your personal self because that's all that you're projecting. Social self is, you know, mostly what you're trying to project. And so the, your personal self is usually take a back seat. And if you're alone, that's when I would say your personal self starts to like, you know, become more apparent. But unfortunately, since nobody's around you, nobody would know. And the constant image that you're projecting would be those of your social self. So the second uh, psychological reasoning behind toxic masculinity, according to me, would be self-esteem. People want to have a high self-esteem or at least have a self, you know, a high self-esteem from the get-go, you know. And like I said before, with social self, to have a high esteem as a guy, a high self-esteem, I mean, as a guy, as a man, you want to do things that would grant you this particular level of high self-esteem. And the best way you can do that is by following the rules of society of what a man should be like. Because our brain is somehow hotwired to do that without even thinking. It's, it's almost like second nature because what we're trying to do most of the time, which is trying to elevate our self-esteem, is really just us trying to act in how society wants us to be. And since it's considered as a an honorable thing to be a man of that particular uh, description that we've talked about earlier, that gave you automatic high self-esteem. Imagine this, you just came in you know, criminal, for example, a criminal, 
came in. And you stop that guy. And you punch that guy half to death. Bro, think about the self-esteem you're going to get after you, like, beat up the criminal. And the guys, like, the cops come in, catch them, and, like, thank you for it. Whew, I'm pretty sure your self-esteem would be going through the roof. I'm pretty sure nothing's going to beat that for the next year or something. Because that's just how impactful that is. And that's, and that's like, how the, the brain is hotwired to do so. And, you know, the level of, like, satisfaction and self-esteem that you enjoy from that particular role that you're playing is exactly one of the other reasons why you're trying to keep this persona, why we all, as guys, are trying to keep this persona of, you know, being a masculine, macho kind of a guy. All right. Now, moving along, what do you think would be the effect of toxic masculinity to guys this would be something that i personally think would be very important the first would be the mental burden it is the mental burden guys and i'm not even joking because um i got a lot of friends guy friends who came up to me and you know there are times when they are weak and because you know we're humans right we, we got all you know we got our ups we got our downs we got moments where we need someone to kind of just pat us on the back or someone who we just want to be, uh, you know, I wouldn't say clingy, but we, ju we just want to be us. You know, we don't want to be that that guy who, who can solve all your problems. We just want to be a guy who may need help, but we can't. It's not that we don't want to. We can't because we have to keep up this image consistently over the course of our lives. Because that's what society expects us to do. That's what our, our environment expects us to do. Like, we can't fight that. And that becomes a mental burden. Because we're trying to suppress emotions. You know? We don't want to seek other people's help. Because as guys, we always have to kind of fight our way through and find our own solution. And kind of, like, just, just figure it out. You know? Like, how MacGyver would always do something with, like, I don't know, like, a brine, like, a, 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 a light stick. For some reason, he'll make something out of it, you know? Like, that's how the, the society is kind of, like, expecting you to do. They just hope, like, okay, well, you're a man. Like, figure it out. You know, like, that's one of the favorite lines people like to give you. You're a guy. Figure it out. I'm sure there's a way. I mean, if you're a guy, think about it. You know, so it is a huge mental burden when we're not allowed to be vulnerable. It's a huge mental stress when we're not allowed to be human. When we're, when we're supposed to be this, this perfect uh ever so wise ever so problem solving man that will never face any problem and would not cower over anything i mean let's face it you know i'm pretty sure even superman would want to seek for help once in a while that's why they have the justice league you know he can't do everything on his own so and look at batman he needs robin for fuck's sake you know like there's no there's no like no need for Robin, like, if Batman can do everything himself, but no, he needs Robin, he needs Alfred, a superhero has a sidekick, right, to help him, why can't we have, like, someone to help us, you know, but that's just how it is, it's mental burden, you know, and the, the fact that we're suppressing emotions, like, we can't show that we're sad, we can't show that we're lonely, we can't show that we're clingy at times, and that's a very torturing thing for guys. And I know some guys, uh, my friends, who came to me 
and said that it's really punishing and they just really don't know what to do. They can't turn to their parents because their parents would be like, well, you're a guy, you're a grown-up now, figure it out. So, you know, it's really tough. And that the effect of guys, it's, 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 it's almost like a time bomb, you know, suppressing your emotions and then, you know, you, you, you're just, you don't, you don't even want to seek help sometimes, you know. And I know guys, like even for myself, I would not want to like seek help on some things. Because I think, like, I have to figure it out somewhere, somehow, because I'm a guy. But sometimes we don't think that just asking for a simple help would, like, go a long way. The final problem, uh, or, like, the final effect to people, not to, like, the guys themselves, but to everyone around them, with toxic masculinity, is violence and aggression. Now, like I said before in the first part of the show, guys are always pictured as violent and aggressive people or beings right and it kind of links to the first effect which is suppressing emotion and reluctant you know reluctance to seek help imagine you're suppressing all your anger all your sadness all your sorrow for all these years and then you're supposed to act in a violent way that's pretty easy all you have to do is just let it out violently although there are better ways out there but we don't go for it. We as guys, we just go for the violent way because that's the cool way to go. You know, that's the manly way to go. We always punch people because it's manlier than just talking it out. You know, we always like insult other people and act very aggressively because sitting and talking calmly like normal adults is seen as weak. You know, that's what it is. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But Toxic masculinity affects people around us as well. Because when we get violent, we hurt people around us. We hurt individuals that we care about. And a lot of, you know, domestic violence would also occur because of this. You know, they, they, they have to do something, but they have to do it manly. Okay, then I have to do it with my hands then. How to, gotta hit someone. You know, and that's like the go-to response for guys. Because that's what people, like, expect them to do. You know, so at the end of the day, that becomes like a very negative externality, you know, a spillover effect from, from toxic masculinity. And it's just, it's just not nice. It's, you know, I have heard stories from my friends who, you know, who have experienced this firsthand and just, you know, trying to bottle up all this emotion. It's almost like a volcano. You just snap out of it once and you're gone. You know, all the anger inside that you've been suppressing all this time, you just can't control it anymore. And you just you just look for the best way you can still be a man and let out your emotions and that is being violent. Because that's the only way society has given you, you know, like the only method that society has granted you to have, so that's the only one you're using. Alright, so with that in mind. I'd like to go to the Q&A section now. Uh, this is the one you've been waiting for. We've got about 50 questions from all over the world for this episode. Uh, mostly from the uh, from the United States and from Indonesia. But yeah, a lot of guys uh, from other parts of the world, like Europe as well, have been giving questions. And thank you very much, guys, for all your questions. I really appreciate it. A lot of the questions overlap with each other, so I just picked out the best one that I think would best represent your questions and comments. And surprisingly, a lot of the uh, ladies have also submitted their questions as well. And I'm pretty sure gentlemen who are listening to this, I'm 
pretty sure you guys will be interested as well. So I'll, I'll start off with the guys first, you know, I think because that's the, the thing to go. Uh, the first question is, uh, um, is being clingy wrong? Because, uh, you know, for sometimes, you know, it's the not allowed to be too clingy for me. That's, you know, that's not nice. And I understand that this is what I said before, you know, sometimes we just want to be clingy. Sometimes we just want to cling on to someone and do the, like, the opposite of what people have been expecting out of us. You know, we've been giving, 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 giving. Please, you know, let us take something in return. And I think being clingy is, is, is that one. And so it's it's kind of sad that sometimes, you know, even like some ladies like would also perceive that guys who are too clingy would be weak or just straight up unfavorable. But in my mind, you know, I think sometimes guys just like to be like that because it's because, you know, they they, they trust you. And they think you you are the rock of their lives, you know. So sometimes clinging onto a rock is the best way to survive, and that's why guys would cling onto you, guys, uh, girls, sometimes, you know. Because I mean, life is hard as it is, you know. Like life is like just full of random things that just brings us down. And letting us being clingy sometimes is that one or maybe that five minute break from the world, from the problems that we have around the world. That kind of like gives us this motivation to continue to go on you know so i agree with that you know some guys who want to be clean i don't blame you guys for doing that and i understand the context but yeah hopefully you have a girl that can understand that side of yours okay another this is a comment it says that to be a man they bully or take down others that's true that's very very true I've seen a lot of guys, especially in middle school and high school, a lot of these asses who just bully other people just because it makes them feel big. And here's the thing with bullies, you know, like it's always like they're always the guys who are emotionally quite weak. But being a bully makes them feel like a man. Like, see, that's that's the thing. The fact that this is even a thing shows how toxic this is, you know violence and aggression that's the effect to other people right like i mentioned just now when you bully others it makes you feel like a man but you don't know why there's no explanation for it like you don't know why it doesn't make sense but it does at the same time so you know that's toxic masculinity once more you know sometimes some guys would go on to that length of just bullying or taking down others just to make them feel like a man and uh one, I would say a very good pop culture reference to toxic masculinity would be Crazy Rich Asians. If you look at Astrid's um, husband, like Astrid was trying to hide, you know, luxurious stuff because I think technically she's richer from her husband and she doesn't want to like embarrass him because he got all like she got all this thing, these things without his money. And, you know, he, she said at the end, it's not my job to make you feel like a man, you know. So the guy, like I said before, has this, this, this concept that if women do better than them, they will get emasculated. Which, you know, I think we have to kind of like wake up right now to the fact that that's not true. Like, you know, your women can do better than you and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're less of a man, you know. 
In fact, I think it's 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 time to kind of like come into terms with that and kind of like take into the fact that maybe they will do better and maybe you don't have to be better all the time. You know, sometimes taking in your your uh, weaknesses is actually very very calming. You know. Okay, the other comment says here, um, is this is this toxic? Uh, the fact that men have to bear everything on their own, that have to bear everything or in almost everything. Um, okay, here's the thing. I understand the concept that men have to provide, and I understand the concept that men have to be responsible for their family. Yep, I get that. But if you say that men have to bear everything, and that is toxic because let's face it, you've got a husband and a wife. Why can't you share the load somehow? What is, why does it have to be everything on the guy? You know. So that is toxic. Yes, I would say so. That is toxic. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, when you have to bear everything, who do you have to go to kind of like share that bear, like that load with you that you're bearing or that that struggle with you? Most probably your mom. Because for guys, I know this a lot, and I know you guys are closer with moms because moms understand you. And moms, in my opinion, is one of those women who understands and accepts you for being who you are. You don't have to be a macho man, and your mom would still think of you as a man. And, I, and that's one of, the, one of the reasons why boys love their moms, is because they let their sons be themselves instead of being the macho man that, that, uh, you know, that the world expects them to be. So I hope in the future men doesn't have like don't have to bear everything like they have to bear a lot of things of course that's true and they have to be responsible for it and that's all right that is what is you know what we as guys should do but everything makes it sound like everything and we can't bear everything it's just logic you know we can't bear everything we're as much of a human as a woman we can't bear everything you know one guy, <clears throat> one uh, one more question, one final question from uh, from the guys. Is being a gentleman different from being a toxic macho man? Okay, this is one of the best questions I think because being a gentleman and being a toxic macho man have always been mixed up one way or another for some reason. I don't know why, but it's just a thing. Like um, one of the biggest reasons why this particular concept have always been mixed up is because it does have quite a gray line to it being a gentleman and being a toxic macho man being a toxic macho man is everything you accept of a, uh, you expect of a gentleman but with the arrogance the violence and the aggressiveness and also the not willing to show emotion part and that i feel is the biggest difference being a gentleman means you're responsible you're loving you put, uh, you know, you put uh, the importance of, of women ahead of you. For example, like you're, you protect uh, your girlfriend or your wife or your sister or your mom. And you do that because you're being a gentleman. And that's fine. It's through gestures that you are a gentleman. Gestures makes up a gentleman. Gestures and manners. That's a gentleman. But... The, the concept of mentality of a man, that's very different. So being a gentleman is about acting in a very proper way, in a very prim way. But 
a toxic macho man is a mindset that people ingrain into their lives. You know, so it's very different in those two. But yeah, thank you for bringing that question up for whoever wrote that one. Uh, that's a very good question. I think it has to be cleared out. Now, I'm pretty sure the guys would be very interested as to what the ladies have to say. Well, one of the lady listeners gave me a question. Uh, not a question, but it's a, a statement. It says that it ha- it's always been taught that guys can't cry, although to me it's really okay. Well, whoever becomes your boyfriend will be one very lucky, <laughs> one very lucky guy. It's true. Guys, it's okay to cry. You know, like, uh, there are times, up, like I said, human life, ups and downs, you will want to cry. And you better cry. Because if you don't cry, you're just bottling it up for the next worst thing that's going to happen. And when that happens and you don't cry again, and you're waiting for the next big thing to happen again, you're just going to bottle it up, and by the time it corks off, you're just going to go berserk. And that's the last thing we'd want. So... Crying is completely fine because it's a human thing to do. Like, why did God make men able to cry? Like, why did God put tear ducts into guys in the first place if you can't use it? You know, just just logic. If guys can't cry, why, 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 like, why do they have tears in the first place? So, please, guys, like, I understand the concept of guys crying might seem a bit uh, different, especially, um in asia or in eastern cultures like it's still a very you know it's not something that people would kind of like praise you for and i kind of get that but yeah please just you know don't try to bottle up your emotions it's not healthy for you and for people around you as well and you know it's healthy to kind of just let it out sometimes it really does trust me uh okay one question here finally it says here is it more prevalent in asia or is it more prevalent just in indonesia okay that's a very good question. Uh, one of our lady listeners would like to know if toxic masculinity happens more in Asia as a whole or just Indonesia as a country. Um, to be honest, I'd like to think that the whole of Asia, the Eastern culture, adopts almost similar values in terms of what they expect out of a guy. And I'm pretty sure it involves like things like, you know, guys don't cry and like guys shouldn't like, you know, always be better than, than the women or something like that. So I think in general, this is prevalent throughout Asia, yes. But in more conservative countries, like, you know, Indonesia has a very conservative value. Um, countries like Japan also have a more conservative value. Uh, countries like India also have a more cons- uh, conservative value. So when we compare it to those countries, then, you know, there is a certain degree of, of difference to it. But in general, I think personally that it is prevalent, in, you know, across Asia. Okay, one more here, uh, comment here. It says, toxic masculinity and fragile masculinity are two sides of the same coin. Yes, it's true. Toxic masculinity and fragile masculinity are two sides of the same coin. So toxic masculinity, like I said before, it's just this concept of you have to be this tough, macho man, right? Who's always aggressive and, and basically a violent ass. And you have a fragile masculinity which is basically, you know, you're trying to put it up. You're trying to put this front up, but you know it's not strong enough because that's not who you are. And you feel fragile because of it because, you know, you can't hold on to it for long. And so, yeah, it is It is two sides, uh, two sides of the same coin, yes. And um, 
Okay, we have one question here. Uh, it's a pretty long question. I have a brother and um, a younger brother, and I have a father as well. And I'm thinking how toxic masculinity affects these people who I considered very close and dear to my life. What can I do as a woman to kind of teach them you don't, or at least tell them that you don't have to be uh, this toxic masculine, okay, toxically masculine individual? Yeah, that's a very good question. So what can the ladies do to help? Well, first of all, thank you for even offering the help. Like that's, I think it's a very, very kind gesture. And I'm pretty sure your, your brother and your dad would be very, very happy about it. Well, from a guy's perspective, I would say accepting them from who, for who they are is is uh, is more than enough. I think with a lot of guys, you know, it's just about accepting our flaws and accepting our vulnerability. When we are vulnerable, I think that's more than enough. You know, and uh, there are instances where guys would still want to show off and be the man because it's really hard to like wipe off this this uh, image overnight it'll take time for sure but as ladies i think what we can do is that when we are weak when we are crying when we are vulnerable and when you consider us weak please don't look down upon us don't think we're less of a man because of that because i think when we are showing our sensitive side to women it's only to the women that we trust and to the women that we love that we would even consider doing that in the first place. So I think being a supportive uh, figure and just understanding, uh, you know, what we're going through as guys, I think that's more than any, you know, more than you could have ever done or ever do in the future, honestly. And uh, hopefully you do implement this because whoever you know, whoever you are, if you are implementing this, you're gonna have uh, a very happy. And a very, uh, you know, I would say very, 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 very happy boyfriend or husband. I'm pretty sure. Because guys always have this this fear that one day uh, their closest partner, their closest companion, which is their girlfriend or their wife, will look down on them and not see them as a man. You know, and uh, to be honest, like that's the biggest insult I think a guy could ever take. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, being supportive is, is more than enough. I think, it, you know, we don't really need much. Yeah. Um, last question. Is toxic masculinity, and this is also from the girls, is toxic masculinity more of a male problem or a female problem? I think it's equally the same. Like, female have a certain perception of guys, and guys have also the same perception of being a guy. So, at the end of the day, you know, I don't think it's anyone's problem, like, oh, it's a male-only problem, or it's a female-only problem. No. I think it's society's problem as a whole. Because the concept of a guy, you don't, it, it, it passes beyond, like, this whole de definition of a gender, you know. It goes beyond, it transcends all of that. So, at the end of the day, I don't think, you know, it's a guy problem or it's a girl problem. No. It's society's problem as a whole, together, you know. So I won't say it's whose problem or who's not, because in reality, it's not. All right. Wow. Okay. So that's the most questions that we've ever had uh, in an episode of Bento Podcast. But thank you very much, guys, for, for you know, uh, sharing your thoughts with me and sending your questions as well. I really, really appreciate it. I do read each and every one of them. 
unfortunately i can't put them all because we you know we have time limit but yeah to close i think it's to only answer uh the uh the the question of being a man like what what what's the true meaning of being a man in my opinion at least being a man is being responsible be loving chase your dreams and aspirations you don't give up and finally be a worthy human being that's what being a man is all about and you might say oh well a female would easily do the same and well yeah that's the whole point like you don't have to have a gender specific objective of being a man it has to be gender fluid because well you don't have to assume a role you know that's the true meaning of being a man it's you have to be responsible for the decisions that you do you have to be loving to your loved ones you can't stop chasing your dreams and your aspirations because well live your life you know yolo and you have to be a worthy human being be a gentleman you know being a gentleman is more like a gesture like i said a manner it's not as much of a mindset as it is a toxic macho man so that is in my opinion what it means to be a man the true meaning of being a man well this has been a very very long episode i would say but uh thank you so much guys if you've made it this far onto the uh, into the podcast i really really hope you enjoyed all the things that i've shared here today and like i said if you've got any questions if you've got any reviews if you've got any comments or thoughts or whatever it is please feel free to send it to our email at bento podcast at uh, 2020 at gmail.com or you can also please follow and like our instagram at bentopodcast.id. Well, this is all for episode three of season three of Bento Podcast, Being a Man. This is your host, Ben, signing off. See you next week.